السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي ربنا زدنا علما so we are learning kitab al wudu of sahih al bukhari and inshallah we are going to study from bab number 14 which is bab at tabarruzi fil buyuti at tabarruz meaning using the washroom it's from baraz to use the washroom where fil buyut in the houses meaning is it okay to have toilets within the house or is that something that is not permissible in our deen it is something that is permissible as long as the filth does not contaminate the rest of the house then it is completely permissible because in earlier hadith we learned about how people would go out away from the houses away from the population in order to use the washroom so is that something that's mandatory or can you use the washroom within the house as well but we see that it is something completely permissible absolutely allowed and if these days if that was not the case then we would be in a lot of hardship حدثنا ابراهيم بن المنذر قال حدثنا انس بن عياض عن عبيد الله عن محمد بن يحيى بن حبان عن واسع بن حبان عن عبد الله بن عمر قال هي سيد meaning Abdullah ibn Umar he said irtaqaytu i went up i ascended فوق above ظهري the back of meaning the roof of بيتي the house of حفصه the house of حفصه and who was حفصه the wife of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and she was also the sister of of Abdullah ibn Umar and he was very young at that time so he went up on the house of Hafsa li ba'di hajati for some of my need for some purpose and when he was up on the roof when he looked down fara'aytu so i saw rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam yaqdi hajatahu he was fulfilling his need meaning he was answering the call of nature he was using the washroom mustadbira with his back his back was towards al-qibla the qibla mustaqbila facing towards ash-shami the sham sham is filastin and that is where baitul maqdis is and we know that medina to the north of that is ash-sham and to the south of that is makkah so if you're facing makkah then your back will be towards baitul maqdis in medina So the Prophet ﷺ was using the washroom and he was facing Sham and his back was towards Baytul Maqdis. So what does this hadith show? Obviously we discussed this earlier it's not even conceivable that Abdullah ibn Umar would deliberately go to see you know if somebody was using the washroom or not no this was accidental. And the reason why he narrated this was because there was something to learn in this. What is it that we learn from this hadith? There are many lessons. First is that a person may use the washroom within the house as long as a separate area has been designated for that purpose and proper arrangements have been made so that the filth does not contaminate the rest of the house then it's completely permissible secondly we also learn from this that as it was mentioned earlier as well that if a person is in an enclosure in an enclosed place then if the situation demands that he has to face the qibla then it is permissible He can have his face towards the qibla and he can also have his back towards the qibla. It is permissible as long as it is within an enclosure. There is a wall in front of the person. But if it's out in the open, then it is not permissible to do that. The next bab, there is no chapter heading that's given. Only bab is mentioned. And we see this 
as something very common in this book. And the reason is that what is mentioned further is a subsection of the previous section, meaning it is further elaborating what was mentioned previously. It further emphasizes, it further clarifies what is being proven over here. حدثنا يعقوب بن إبراهيم قال حدثنا يزيد بن هارون قال أخبرنا يحيى عن محمد بن يحيى بن حبان أن عمه that his uncle واسع بن حبان أخبره that أن عبد الله بن عمر that عبد الله بن عمر أخبره قال he said لقد ظهرت certainly I went up I ascended ذات يوم one day على ظهر بيتنا on the roof of our house, meaning of one of our houses. And he considered the house of his sister as his own house. فَرَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ So I saw the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم قَاعِدًا Sitting, meaning in order to use the washroom. عَلَى لَبِنَتَيْنِ On two bricks. مُسْتَقْبِلَ Facing بَيْتِ المقدس, The بَيْتِ المقدس. One thing that I want you to notice is the difference in the chain. The hadith is similar, but the chain is slightly different. And the wording of the hadith is also different. What does it show? That this hadith is mutawatir. It has been narrated multiple times with multiple chains and also with different meanings. So it has been narrated in meaning as well as in wording. What does that prove? If a hadith has been narrated in meaning as well as in wording, what does that show? The authenticity of that hadith. Why is Imam Bukhari mentioning the same hadith in different different chains, different different wordings to show how strong this opinion is. What opinion? The permissibility of facing the qibla when using the washroom or having the back towards it within an enclosure or using the washroom in the house. So a person should not have any haraj, any kind of bad feeling, any guilt, any feeling of sin when he is in a situation like that. Because sometimes it happens that you end up in a place and the toilet is fixed. I mean, you can't change the position of the toilet, right? So... We use the toilet, but we have this guilt in our heart. So we should not have any guilt in our heart. Inshallah. Bab al-istinja'i bil I have a question for you before we continue. What's the name of the book? This book? Kitabul Wudu. Right? And what is it that we just learned about the etiquette of using the washroom? What does that have to do with wudu? Why is Imam Bukhari mentioning this under Kitabul Wudu? Cleanliness, tahara, is a requirement for wudu. It's a prerequisite for wudu. And one must know the etiquettes, the proper etiquette of using the washroom, right? So that he is clean, so that he's not doing anything wrong, so that his wudu is also valid. Because you will notice that in this sahih, in this collection, there is no kitabu tahara, right? There is no kitabu tahara. We learn about wahi, we learn about iman, we learn about ilm, and then directly to wudu. Why? Because wudu is cleaning yourself. And part of cleaning yourself is using the washroom as well. So where Imam Bukhari has mentioned the matters concerning wudu, he has also mentioned matters concerning tahara in detail in this book. Bab al-istinja'i bilma' Al-istinja' Cleaning oneself, washing oneself. How? Bilma'i with the water. This word is from noon jin wow, from the word najat. And najat is to be saved from some trouble. And istinja is to rid oneself of harm. So it is to clean oneself, to purify oneself after using the washroom. 
So it is to purify, to clean the private parts after using the washroom. So al-istinja'i bil ma with water. What does it mean by this chapter heading? Why is he mentioning this? That is it permissible to wash oneself after using the toilet? Or should one just wipe himself? We learned about wudu. That how when a person does wudu, he should be very conservative in the use of water. So the water that you bought, that you paid for, you know, that's so precious. I mean, should you be using it in the toilet to wash yourself? Yes, this is sunnah. This is part of cleaning yourself. And al-istinja' bil ma, he's also mentioning this to prove that washing yourself with the water, this is also sufficient to obtain purity. Meaning, it's not necessary to wipe oneself, for example, with toilet paper. Back in the day, people would use caked mud. okay, Or they would use stones. So it's not necessary to wipe. Washing with the water is sufficient. حدثنا أبو الوليد هشام بن عبد الملك قال حدثنا شعبة عن أبي معاذ و and اسمه his name whose name أبو معاذ his name is عطاء بن أبي ميمونة قال he said سمعت أنس بن مالك I heard أنس بن مالك يقول he was saying كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he used to إذا خرج when he would go out لحاجته for his need meaning to answer the call of nature أجيء I would come أنا myself وغلام and a boy معنا along with us what would he bring what would we bring to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم إداوة a vessel a container مما in of water so when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم would go to use the washroom myself and another boy we would go along with the Prophet ﷺ carrying a container of water. Why? Yani meaning yastanjib. He would wash himself with it. He would clean himself with that water that we would bring for him. The word idawa is used for a small container that is made of leather. So you can say like a water skin. So they would bring that for the Prophet ﷺ so that he could use the washroom and clean himself after that. Now. It's quite obvious. Why is Imam Bukhari mentioning this? The thing is that the scholars, they dislike that a person would touch the filth directly with the hand. Yes, inshallah, we will learn that the right hand should not be used when cleaning oneself. The left hand should be used. But the scholars dislike that a person should directly touch filth with the hand. And this is why they recommended that it's best that a person wipes off the filth first and then uses the water. But Imam Bukhari is proving over here that it is completely permissible to just use the water. Because in all circumstances, it's not possible that a person also wipes himself. If he only has water available to him, then that's also completely fine. But there's a very neat thing that we see in this hadith, that two younger companions, they would go along with the Prophet ﷺ carrying the water for him. Could he not carry it himself? Yes, he could. Then why would they carry it for him? Hmm? Out of love? Because... Children, especially when they love someone, they don't want to leave them. They want to go upstairs with them and downstairs with them and inside with them and outside with them. So these companions, they were very young and they loved the Prophet ﷺ a lot. So they did not want to leave, part with him, even for some time. But the Prophet ﷺ also, he accepted their love, that when they wanted to help him, he accepted that. Right? He didn't say, no, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll do it myself. You go do something different. Because... Children, they learn from companionship. They learn from observation a lot. 
And we see that they were also assisting the Prophet ﷺ in this way. They were also helping him. Because if the Prophet ﷺ, he would be distracted by these little, little matters, then how would he be able to do great things? Because for ordinary people, even these little matters can become a big deal. Right? I have to get food, I have to cook, I have to eat, I have to do this. Your whole day can go by in just worrying about these little matters, but essential matters. So they were helping the Prophet ﷺ. But we see that these days, what's the situation? That every person thinks that, you know, let them do it themselves. I don't want them to depend on me. I don't want that I should depend on anyone and I don't want that they should depend on me. But the thing is that we are people and we need one another. Bab man humila ma'ahu, man the one who humila ma'ahu, it was carried with him, al-ma'u, the water, li-tuhurihi, for his purification. So before we continue, the previous hadith, how does that show that water is enough for cleaning oneself? How does this previous hadith show that water is enough for cleaning oneself? That the children, those boys, they did not bring stones or any other thing along with them. All that they brought was water, which shows that it was the way of the Prophet ﷺ to just use water as well. So, مَنْ حُمِلَ مَعَهُ الْمَاءُ لِطُهُورِهِ On someone having water carried with him for purification purpose. Meaning, should a person carry it himself or can another assist him in this cause? They can. Meaning another person can assist him when in using the washroom, in bringing the water, and there's no harm in that. It's not that a person is being proud if he accepts such help, or if somebody's helping him or her in this way. It's not arrogance, it's not pride, it's something that's completely permissible. Because sometimes it happens that, let's say an elderly person or a person who has let's say, their children with them. So if they have to use the washroom, they ask somebody, could you please hold this for me while I use the toilet? Could you please wait here for me? Could you just bring this for me, please? So is there any harm in doing that? There isn't. And it also shows, مَنْ حُمِلَ مَعَهُ الْمَاءُ لِطُهُورِهِ That water was brought along with him before he went to use the washroom. Not that he went to use the washroom and then he discovered there's no water here, so he's screaming out for help. But rather that a person should prepare from before. So when you enter the stall, make sure that there's water. Of course, yeah. In m- many places, until recently, until today even, this is a situation that people, when they go to the, wa- to the washroom, they have to take water along with them. Or for example, if you're living in a place like Canada, there aren't showers installed in your washrooms next to your toilet. So you have to take water with you from the sink to the toilet. So yes, you take it yourself, but if a person is in a situation where he needs the help of another Can he take that help? Yes, he can. So for example, you go with your, let's say, grandmother who's elderly, you go to a public washroom and she needs to use the washroom immediately. She can't wait for the lineup in order to get the water. So can you get the water for her while she's in the washroom? Yes, you can. There's no harm in this. Never think that you have been insulted or, or that, you know, this is something that I should not be doing. No, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. And in fact, this is actually a means of great honor for a person to help another obtain purity. We see here, وَقَالَ أَبُوْ الدَّرْدَاءِ And Abu Darda, he said, أَلَيْسَ فِيكُمْ Is there not among you صَاحِبُ النَّعْلَيْنِ وَالطَّهُورِ وَالْوِسَادِ Is there not among you the صَاحِب, the 
the the the person of the carrier of an the sandals tahur and the water why is it called tahur because it is used for washing for purification well we and the pillow the cushion is there not among you the person who would carry for the prophet sallallahu his sandals his water and his cushion in his travels in his journeys who is this person who would carry the prophet sallallahu sandals and his water and his pillow when he would be traveling does anyone know abdullah ibn mas'ud radiyallahu anhu no ordinary person yes he was a very young companion at the time but he grew up to be one of the greatest scholars of islam so if we ever have to help someone assist someone in these ways never ever think that our time is being wasted that our energy is being wasted our talents are being wasted we have so much ability to do other things we can read and we can write and we can brainstorm ideas and we can implement such great things why is it that our time is being wasted in these little, little things no there is a time for everything and a person learns from these experiences as well because we see that a talibul ilm a student of knowledge is not just someone who studies a book from the teacher and that's it or just sits in front of the teacher and learns and that's it no he accompanies the teacher outside of the classroom setting as well in these apparently very little matters and it's this companionship that brings honor to a person and that a person really learns from that i have seen myself that for example my mother there have been some students of hers who have been very very close to her very attached to her and doing things like carrying her bag or carrying her book or taking out her glasses from her glasses case and giving them to her but you learn from this you learn from this and i've seen that all those people who have been this close to her who have worked so closely with her their level of ilm and amal is different compared to others because when you accompany someone then you learn hikmah but when you just sit in the classroom then you just learn ilm then you cannot change that ilm into hikmah you have to have that experience of working along side by side with and when you're working along with the teacher then the adab also has to be there and to show that adab you have to serve the teacher as well and i was looking at you and i was wondering being canadian how a girl could be so much you know by adab here in living in here in society and nowadays because i'm sick and i need a lot of help from my kids by that time i couldn't even think of it that my kids would someday do that but never miss out this chance because when you get this mahal when you are learning you're staying with someone with the teachers or whatever we're learning a lot now alhamdulillah my daughter she has been literally doing all these things she holds my shoes when i have to enter into the masjid and same scene i saw myself when i was thinking no it's not possible but what taught her is the knowledge when you are in a company with the people because she has been coming here for a couple of years you will learn you are gaining something you are not losing something she fills up even the water in the washroom for me so maybe my tarbiya personally would have not done that much what she learned from other her teachers here from the companions so this time it's something amazing that you can learn a lot so we should not miss out and this is what you know teaches humility you know it's very easy to sit in front of the teacher and listen and disagree in your heart or not do the work that they're telling you to do 
yeah, you can do that. But when you have to hold their sandals or their bag or their bring water to them in the washroom, then that really humbles you. That really helps you accept what your teacher is saying. That unfortunately this has been completely reversed. That elders are serving the younger ones constantly. Constantly. And the younger ones are not being trained as to how they should help the elders. So a very good suggestion that teach your children from now that if there is an older person, give water to them. Especially if they're living with their grandparents, their uncles, their aunts, then have them serve them. I was just thinking about the honor of knowledge that, um, especially with our scholars, and you were saying, like, for instance, Ustazar and other people that the Tullah al-Alm, they do follow them around and they, they show that kind of respect and it's showing the honor of having that knowledge. And I was just thinking too about Adam alayhi salam that the reason the angels uh, did sajda was because of that he had the honor of knowledge. Yes. And so for us too, that shows that, I'm just thinking that, that we also also have to show that honor to our respected teachers. Yes. And this honor, this respect a person can only show when they have love. You know, true love, sincere love. Then, you know, a person can do anything. Like I've seen people literally fight over who's going to take the shoes and who's going to take the bag and who's going to take the book. I've seen it myself. There is a competition, a healthy competition, but it's there. حَدَّثَنَا سُلَيْمَانُ بْنُ حَرْبٍ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا شُعْبَةُ عَنْ أَبِي مُعَاذٍ he said, I heard Anas, he was saying, The Messenger of Allah, when he went out, for his need, I followed him, myself, and another boy, of us, meaning another boy, one of the other boys, along with us. And what would we bring? Idawatun mimma'in, a container of water. So all of these hadiths show that there was Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, who was Sahib al-Narlain, wal-Tahur, wal-Wisad, and there was also Anas ibn Malik. And Anas ibn Malik, he says that there was another boy. Now that other boy could be Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. He's not taking his name. And it could be somebody else as well. But we see that the younger companions, they would do this regularly. They would help the Prophet ﷺ use the washroom. Bab hamlil anazati, carrying the anaza ma'al ma'i with the water fil istinja for istinja. Now earlier we learned about the use of water. Here we learn about anaza as well. What is anaza? Anaza is a spear. So if a person is going to use the toilet out in the open somewhere, then yes, he will take something to clean himself with. But along with that he will also take a spear with him. Why? For what purpose? For several reasons. One of them could be to dig the earth in order to soften it, so that when a person is using the washroom, there are no splashes that come onto his body, right? to soften the earth. And also so that he can dig out more earth in order to cover the filth, in order to bury it. Because a person should not leave such things exposed. Yes, it's out in the distance, but still, it's not good for the environment that you know such things are lying out in the open. And there are other reasons as well, which inshallah we will learn. حدثنا محمد بن بشار قال حدثنا محمد بن جعفر قال حدثنا شعبة عن عطاء بن أبي ميمونة سمع أنس بن مالك He heard Anas ibn Malik يقول, he was saying كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he used to يدخل الخلاء he would enter the washroom. خلاء is a place where a person is alone. 
they were alone, they became alone. So khala, a place where a person is alone, why? To use the washroom. So he would enter the washroom, and this could be a place that, that could be designated somewhere, it could also be out in the open somewhere. فَأَحْمِلُوا So I would carry, ana myself, وَغُلَامٌ And a boy, إِدَاوَةً مِمَّا A container of water. وَعَنَزَةً And also a spear. يَسْتَنْجِي بِالْمَاءِ He would clean himself with the water. تَابَعُهُ النَّضْرُ وَشَاذَانُ عَنْ شُعْبَةً and Imam Bukhari writes that Al-Anazatu Asa Al-Anaza is an Asa meaning it's a staff, it's a stick. Alayhi Zuj. On it is a spearhead. So in other words, a spear. So this spear, when the Prophet ﷺ would go to the washroom, he would take one along with him and the boys would carry it for him. And like I said earlier, it would be used to dig the earth and also it would be used to put in the earth, in front of a person or in the back or in the side, wherever, and a cloth would be hung onto it in order to screen himself. So, for instance, a person is somewhere, out in the open somewhere, and he goes off to the side. No matter how much he tries to conceal himself behind rocks or behind bushes or whatever, there's still some part, you know, some side through which he could be exposed. So let's say he puts a spear, a stick or something, and he puts a cloth over it so that he has some privacy. So what does it show? That having privacy is something that is essential, especially when using the washroom. And another benefit could be that if a person is using the toilet out in the open, especially behind the bushes or somewhere, then it's quite possible that snake or some other harmful creature comes along. So you need to take action immediately. I remember somebody once mentioned to me that they went out somewhere to use the washroom within a field. It was a field and they went out within the big bushes to use the washroom. And all of a sudden they saw a snake. And it had two blue eyes, big blue eyes. And they say that they still remember that snake. In that moment they were so afraid. So alhamdulillah the snake did not harm them. But sometimes it's useful to have such things with you in order to protect yourself. Now all of these ahadiths, they teach us the etiquette of using the bathroom. And they also teach us some important principles of tahara. Of cleanliness. And like I mentioned earlier, that this is part of Kitab al Wudu because the condition of Wudu is Tahara, cleanliness. A person cannot have Wudu if the body has some filth on it. And we see that these ahadiths, they also teach us about the validity of, the permissibility of iqtisar al istinja, meaning the permissibility of using only water to clean oneself. That it is not necessary to wipe off the filth with something first. If a person only has water, that is also sufficient. And like I mentioned earlier that some scholars, they did not recommend that a person only use water. Why? Because the filth is is touching the hand. Even though it may be the left hand, but it's best that a person does not touch it directly. Now these days we have soap. But back in the day when people did not have soap available to them, or if you are traveling and you realize that you go to the public toilet and as you put your hand under the soap thing, there's no soap coming out. What are you going to do in that situation? So you have to know, you should know about how to use the washroom when you don't have soap available. You understand? And it happens with us many times. Many times. So we see that there are three permissible ways of cleaning oneself on using the washroom. Three permissible ways. One is only istijmar which is to use chunks of clay or to use rocks and just to wipe the filth off. 
as long as a person can completely remove the filth, he can wipe it off. This is also enough. So for example, a person has only toilet paper. As long as all of the filth has been wiped off, it has been removed, it is sufficient. It is permissible to do that. A person should not make that a habit because eventually it's not something that's very hygienic, but it does the job. It is permissible. This is something new for many of us, I know. Because whenever we have to go to the public toilet, we have to carry a bottle with us and you know, feel awkward in filling up a water bottle from you know, the, the sinks. But remember that it is permissible to just wipe off the filth as well. Istijmar is also enough. Secondly, there is another way, which is only using water. Only using water. This is also permissible. And the third way is a combination of both istijmar and using water. And that is the best way. Okay, the best way because it is more clean and you know it is purifies a person even better. So that is the best. But a person must know what the other permissible ways are so that you're not in that feeling of guilt. You don't have that heavy feeling, that feeling of guilt in your heart at a time when water is not available to you. If you wipe yourself properly so that there is no filth on the body at all, then you can perform wudu and it will be uh, valid. Okay, Inshallah we will learn about that as well. Inshallah we will learn that for istijmar it's not just the clay chunks that were used, but also rocks. Inshallah in the hadith we will learn. Now with a rock, I mean, nothing is going to remain on your body. You're only using the rock to wipe off. Nothing is going to remain. So as long as the filth can be removed with whatever material is accessible to you, it is permissible. It is valid. Yes, there is a difference between clay chunks and toilet paper. But the result is the same. Okay? The result is the same. Bab an-nahi, the prohibition, anil istinja'i, from istinja' bil yameen with the right hand. The prohibition of using the right hand for cleaning oneself, for washing oneself. Why? Because the right hand is used for good things, clean things, for eating, for drinking, and the left hand is used for cleaning oneself in the washroom. Now, like I mentioned to you, before people didn't have soaps, or even now you could be in a situation where you don't have soap accessible to you. So if you know that your right hand is clean, it did not touch any filth directly, and you have to eat, then you can eat. Right? You used only water to wash your hand, so you can eat. Yes, you might not have a very good feeling, but you can eat. Why? Because you know that your right hand did not have any contact with any filth. If there was any contact with the filth, it was only with the left hand. It was very minimal and it was very temporary. So, anahi anil istinja'i bil Because some people, they might say that, what's the big deal? I mean, I'm just going to use soap and my hands will be clean, even if I'm using the right hand. Yes, your hand will be clean after you use the soap, but still there is you know, a feeling that you have. حدثنا معاذ بن فضالة قال حدثنا هشام هو he was الدستوائي عن يحيى بن أبي كثير عن عبد الله بن أبي قتادة عن أبيه قال he said قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said إذا شرب when he drinks أحدكم one of you when one of you drinks فلا يتنفس then he should not blow في الإناء in the container in the cup Meaning he should not exhale, he should not breathe out into the cup. وَإِذَا أَتَ الْخَلَاءَ And when he comes to the washroom, 
فَلَا يَمَسَّ Then he should not touch. ذَكَرَهُ His private part. بِيَبِينِهِ With his right hand. وَلَا يَتَمَسَّحْ Nor should he wipe بِيَمِينِهِ With his right hand. So in other words, the right hand should not be used neither for washing the private part nor for wiping the private part clean. Now remember, this is not something that's haram. Okay, it's not something that's haram. But rather it is makruh. It is disliked. Because a person could be in a situation where he can only use the right hand. For example, the left hand is injured. Let's say you cut your finger and you have a big bandaid on your left hand. I mean, you can't make that hand wet. Likewise, a person could have fractured their left hand or arm or could be any reason. So in that case, he will use the right hand. And again, when he's using the right hand, he should not feel that guilt because remember, this is not haram. It is makruh, but it is not haram. But this does not mean that without any reason, any genuine reason, because we find it convenient to use the right hand, we are used to using our right hand, so we go on using our right hand. No, we should develop the habit of using the left hand for wiping and for washing. For wiping, okay, you have to wipe off the filth. So for that, you have to use, for example, toilet paper. And then after that, you can pour water on top. So for that, when you will wipe off, then do not use the right hand, only use the left hand. Unless there is a genuine reason why a person has to use the right hand. Because if you only pour water, okay, and don't wipe yourself clean, then it's quite possible that some filth has remained and you did not know. So a person should also wipe off. That we think, yeah, what's the big deal? But for them it was a big deal. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, do not use the right hand for this purpose. And we might say, oh, it's not haram, so what's the big deal? No, if the Prophet ﷺ said, then we should make a habit of not using the right hand, instead only using the left hand. So we see here about the prohibition of using the right hand for washing or for wiping. Why? What's the reason? There are two reasons. First of all, ikram lil yameen, to honor the right hand. Because the right hand you use for, like we discussed earlier, eating and drinking and for writing and in salah, you know, in tashahud, right? You're using your finger, you're moving it up and down. When you're standing in prayer in salah, you have your right hand on top of your left hand. So the right hand is special. And that means it has to be honored. So when it has to be honored, then there should not be any direct contact between the right hand and filth. And secondly, to avoid cross-contamination, to avoid filth from spreading. So what is dirty, it's only on the left hand. So even if you don't have soap accessible to you, wash your hand, but still... Don't use it for eating, for drinking, for greeting other people. Because you use the washroom, you didn't find soap. You washed your hands multiple times, but you have to greet someone. Now, if you use your right hand, it's quite possible that there are traces of filth still on your hand. So you don't want to touch other people with that hand. right? You don't want to eat with that hand. So for this reason, these are the two reasons. An important thing that we learn in this hadith is that when using the washroom, wiping as well as washing, both are necessary, are better. Wiping and washing. So wiping off the filth first and then pouring water on top. And if we observe this etiquette properly, then our hands would be much cleaner and the spread of many bacterias and viral infections would also be limited. Bab 
لا يمسكو ذكره He should not, meaning a person should not hold his private part بيمينه with his right hand إذا بالا when urinating. And this is of relevance to men specifically that when a man is using the washroom then he should not hold his private part with the right hand rather he should hold it with the left hand. But this is important for women to know as well. Why? Because we have to teach our children, our boys. And it's necessary that they are taught this etiquette from the very beginning. They are taught this etiquette from the very beginning because these habits they develop when children are very young. حدثنا محمد بن يوسف قال حدثنا الأوزاعي عن يحيى بن أبي كثير عن عبد الله بن أبي قتادة عن أبيه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا بال أحدكم when one of you urinates فلا يأخذن ذكره بيمينه then he should not hold his private part with the right hand ولا يستنجي بيمينه nor should he wash with his right hand ولا يتنفس في الإناء nor should he blow into the container So another hadith proves that these three things are not allowed. There is one thing that we learn here about not blowing into the container. Which container? Which cup? The drinking cup. Meaning when a person is drinking, then he should not exhale into it, he should not breathe out into it. Why? Because when you exhale, obviously carbon dioxide comes out, right? So you don't want that to enter into pure H2O, into pure water or the drink that you're having. You don't want that to get contaminated. But especially when it's a shared cup. Because back in the day, every person did not have their individual cup. They would have one big container from which everybody would drink. They would take turns. So especially when you are sharing a bottle or a cup or a glass or whatever, then please observe this etiquette. Because it's a very uncivilized practice. I mean, even if a child blows into a cup, you don't want to drink from it. You don't want to. Because it sometimes makes the water smelly. It makes the cup smelly. Likewise, when a person is breathing air out, then it's quite possible that along with that, some spit or or something could come out of the mouth or the nose, contaminate the water, and this could also cause the spread of uh, bacteria and, and viruses. So, وَلَا يَتَنَفَّسْ فِي الْإِنَاءِ In these ahadiths, we see that it is not allowed for us to use the right hand when using the washroom or when cleaning ourselves. Now, this is such a private matter. Who knows which hand you are using? Who knows? Only Allah knows. Right? Only Allah knows. So, even when a person is using the toilet, he should have the taqwa of Allah. That a person must not forget Allah in any circumstances, in any state, in any place, in any action, in any activity. That my Lord is watching me. He knows what hand I'm using. And I know which one He likes and which one He does not like me to use for now. This is... What is meant by لِيَعْلَمَ اللَّهُ مَنْ يَخَافُهُ بِالْغَيْبِ Who fears Allah even in the unseen, when nobody is watching. And we should also train our children in the same way. And also one more thing that uh, we learned about the dua of intercourse. Even at that time, a person has to seek refuge with Allah against the shaitan. Meaning, don't forget Allah in any situation. In the most private and secret Intimate affairs as well. Anything you'd like to add before we continue? Well, I was just thinking that even this is not allowed to blow and contaminate the water. So that is like 
cleaning with the right hand is so much severe than that. Yes. So I don't know yes. if there's a connection. Between yes, that if we are not allowed to blow into the water, then how can we make our hands dirty, our right hand dirty that is going to be used for eating and drinking? It's been proven that tuberculosis spreads through spit. So if you are if you're blowing in the in the cup that you're sharing uh, with other people, so you're actually who knows who has what. Yes. I'm not saying God forbid that you have such and such, but if, whatever you have, the other person might be affected by it, yes. even though it's just cold or anything. Yes. Assalamualaikum. Yes. I was just trying to think that imagine our religion. I think is the only religion that teaches you everything about yourself. The etiquette of going to the washroom, coming out of the washroom, how to use the washroom, how to bath, how to clean yourself. Every aspect of cleanliness is taught in our religion. So how can we say that Islam is not a good religion? Everything is there from day one. Like yes. in fact, the fact that you're sleeping with your husband, again Allah Ta'ala tells you there's something there. Yeah. Many times because of lack of education, right? People, they don't have proper hygiene. And because of that, diseases, they spread so quickly. And, you know, children, they're sick. Adults, they're sick. But if people are given this education, that when you're using the toilet, use the left hand, don't use the right hand. And then wash yourself afterwards. When you're drinking, don't blow into the cup. I mean, these are these rules are enough to save the people. I feel awkward sharing this, but a while back they did a survey about the phones, how hygienic your phones are, because when SARS and all the other uh, things spread, they started doing these things. And they found, I read something, and the heading was the phone talk getting dirty. So I thought, God forbid, what is this? And they said that uh, they found that the phones had uh, traces of filth on it because people yeah, carry their phones wherever. People, yeah. Yes, even when people are sitting on the toilet, they're using their phones. You know, sometimes you're in a public washroom and you hear beeps and buzzes and you wonder what's happening inside the washrooms, right? So at least spare your phone over there. And honestly, like many people have Quran on their phones or they will read good things on their phones. They will get emails with the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in them. How can you use your telephone in the washroom? I mean, yes, you're spending a lot of time on the toilet, but when you come out, this is why you say, غُفْرَانَكَ Oh Allah, I beg your pardon that I was not able to remember you much. One of my uh, colleague was basically, she found out that when after using the washroom, we clean ourselves with water. So she thought it was funny, and I never thought it was something that's funny to non-Muslims that we use water afterwards. And then that same day, um, we were discussing about the pink eye. And I was wondering, oh, I've never gotten a pink eye in my life. I don't know, how can, how do, do you get a pink eye? And she was telling me that, oh, it's when a person touches their behind and then, uh, then, then touches their eye, some sort of uh, contamination happens, that causes the pink eye. And then I told her, that's why we don't get the pink eye, because we wash ourselves. I remember a sister once told me that she was in university. And there were a lot of Muslims over there. And every time they went to the washroom, they took bottles of water along with them. And she was like, what are you guys doing? Why do you do that? So eventually she asked them and they told her that we wash ourselves. And she said, that makes so much sense. This was her first, one of her first exposures to Islam. And she said, that just made so much sense to me. I said, and this has to be the right religion. And it actually led her to embracing Islam. And it's within the fitrah as well. Recently I was learning about, reading about, researching 
that how do you get your children to use public washrooms, especially in school? How do you get them to use school washrooms without any fear or, you know, comfortably? Because for many children, it's a big transition to start using toilets at school comfortably. So one of the mothers, she had mentioned that her daughter, she would refuse to use the washroom at school and they could not figure out. And finally, she understood that at home she uses the wet wipes. Right, So she feels cleaner. But at school, there's only toilet paper. So she wasn't comfortable using only toilet paper. She wanted to have that completely clean feeling. So this is why she wouldn't use a toilet at school. So then her mother got her those flushable wipes so that she could use those wipes at school and use the toilet over there. So it's in the fitrah. And I really don't understand how when children are small, babies, I mean, you wipe them properly with wipes and then eventually you move on to the flushable wipes and then all of a sudden toilet paper? I mean, how? It doesn't make sense. You completely clean at the beginning and then you don't wash later? Why not? Yes, it is okay in a situation where you don't have water accessible to you, like we discussed earlier, it is okay. But it should not be a habit of a person to do that on a regular basis. In exceptional case here, there, that's different. Fitra, when they are dirty, they have yes. dirtied their diaper, you would find some of the babies instantly change their behavior. They're yes. crying or they're very uncomfortable. They keep on looking at the mom and they want to go because they want to be cleaned. Yes. So I've had this experience. So can, this is I can say with confidence that yes, Alhamdulillah, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already created it with these alarms, these alerts that now you see that do this, 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 so the SARS wouldn't spread, do this, this. And there are diseases that are coming up that they have no idea what they are mm-hmm. and how to have this uh, done the research, that how to take care of it and how to stop it. Mm-hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put this mechanism in the human being because we are ashraf al-makhluqat from the very, very start. Yes, la yakhudanna. It's okay, dear, that never, don't at all. So this is something important that must be taught to young boys. Ihsan is out of love. When you know that getting uh, being pure, because uh, Allah loves those who are pure, when you do it out of the love of Allah, you'll already apply all these sunnahs, these small things. Yes. So fear is one level, but out of love is yes. another level. Very true. That one is that out of fear a person is doing this, observing the proper rules, and the other is out of love. That The Prophet said this. He did not allow us to do it. Allah wants us to do this. So out of love, also a person does this. Bab al-istinja'i bil-hijarati. On cleansing oneself after using the washroom, how? Bil-hijara, using stones, using rocks. So this shows that the use of water is not mandatory. It's better, but it's not mandatory. There are other options as well. A person can use uh, chunks of clay and he can also use stones. حدثنا أحمد بن محمد المكي قال حدثنا عمرو بن يحيى ابن سعيد بن عمر المكي عن جده عن أبي هريرة قال he said اتبعت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم I followed the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم وخرج while he had left while he had gone out لحاجته for his need meaning once the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم left to use the washroom and I followed him فكان لا يلتفتو. So he used to not look back. Meaning it was the habit of the Prophet ﷺ that when he would be walking, he would not look behind him. He would not look back. فَدَنَوْتُ مِنْهُ So I came close to him. 
so that the Prophet ﷺ would know that I am there if he needs anything. فَقَالَ So he said, إِبْغِنِي أَحْجَارًا إِبْغِنِي Bring for me أَحْجَارًا Rocks, stones أَسْتَنْفِضْ بِهَا I wipe, I clean myself with it. أَسْتَنْفِضْ is from نَفَضَ نَفَضَ is to shake off, to dust off something. So أَسْتَنْفِضْ بِهَا Meaning I can remove the filth from it. أَوْ نَحْوَهُ Or it's like وَلَا تَأْتِنِي And do not bring me بِعُظْمٍ With a bone وَلَا رَوْسٍ Nor dung. Don't bring me bone or dung. فَأَتَيْتُهُ So I brought him. I came to him. بِأَحْجَارٍ With rocks. بِالطَّرَفِ At the edge of ثِيَابِ My garments. My clothes. فَوَضَعْتُهَا So I placed them. إِلَى جَنْبِهِ to his side, meaning on his side, وَأَعْرَضْتُ عَنْهُ And I left him, meaning I turned away from there. فَلَمَّا قَضَى Then when he finished, أَتْبَعَهُ بِهِنَّ He followed up with them, meaning he used them to clean himself. We see here that the Prophet ﷺ, he went once to use the washroom, and Abu Huraira عنه, he followed him. Interesting. If this happens today, we would think, I mean, you're stalking them, you're... Leave them alone for some time at least. Let them use the washroom in privacy at least. But you see, there is a difference in the intention. One is that you're stalking someone, and the other is that you're following them around to make sure they don't need any help, any assistance, that perhaps you can be of assistance to them. And when you go to help someone with the right intention, you're getting your ajr, even if you don't get to help them. But inshallah, Allah will also give you the opportunity to help them. So like Abu Hurairah, he followed him, the Prophet ﷺ did not look back, but Abu Hurairah came close so that the Prophet ﷺ would sense that somebody is there, and the Prophet ﷺ told him to go bring the rocks. So he really wanted to help the Prophet ﷺ, so he got the chance, he got that opportunity. Abu Hurairah is one of the people with the most knowledge, and he was so close to the Prophet ﷺ that he knew his walking habits, that how he used to walk, and it just shows you that if you want knowledge, you'll strive for it and get to know the person you want to gain the knowledge from at any cost. Hmm. Then we see that when he went after the Prophet ﷺ, Prophet ﷺ did not look back. Why? Because it was his habit. Why would he not look back when he would be walking? Have we ever done that? Many times. Right? We do that a lot. We're walking somewhere and we're looking somewhere else. And we bump into someone and then we apologize or we bump into something and hurt ourselves. Yes, because he had no worries. Okay. It shows that he was focused on whatever he was doing. He was not distracted by things or people. or. So if ever you're walking behind somebody and they turn back and look at you, how do you feel? Did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? Is it okay for me to come here? So the people behind you, they will feel awkward. They might feel threatened. They might feel uncomfortable. So when we're walking, we should avoid looking back because it can cause other people hurt, discomfort. Another thing is that when we're walking, we should look straight and not look back because we are not made responsible to look at and watch over everything. Okay? Because sometimes we want to have control over the whole situation, so we're looking everywhere, scanning the whole place, every person that's walking by, in front of us, on the side, behind us. I mean, who said you're in charge here? And who said you have to look over and watch over everything and everyone? You don't have to. 
Right? So, move on. And also if a person keeps looking back, it shows that they are afraid. Right? Like it was mentioned, he had no worries, he had no fears. So why would he look back? So when you keep looking back, then it shows that you're afraid. And in fact, it will make you even more afraid. So for example, if you are walking and you pass by a room and you look into it and as you go back, as you keep moving forward, you look back again and then you'll be worried, did somebody come out? You look back again. You will not be able to focus on where you're going and you will be even more afraid. So it's an aib, right? It's not something that's praiseworthy. It's a fault that a person could have of keep looking back. So the Prophet ﷺ, he was free of this aib. Now, we see here that Abu Hurairah when he went, the Prophet ﷺ, he did not see him. Because if the Prophet did not look back, that means he did not see Abu Hurairah. But he knew that Abu Hurairah was there. Why? Because Abu Hurairah came close. So he sensed him. He must have felt his movement or maybe he coughed or something. So he recognized, he knew that Abu Hurairah was there. So without even looking at him, he said, bring me some rocks. And then Abu Hurairah brought the rocks and the Prophet ﷺ again did not see him. What does it show? That a person may ask and respond in ghaibah, meaning when the other is not present in front of you. So for example, if there is a nikah that is being taken place over the telephone, over Skype, is that valid nikah? Is that? Yes, as long as you know that the other person is there. Okay, because some people wonder, did recently somebody asked me, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know if a nikah over the telephone is valid. But it is valid. This hadith proves to us because the Prophet ﷺ did not see Abu Hurairah, but he knew he was there. So he asked him a question. He made a request. And Abu Hurairah responded to him, right? Without even the Prophet ﷺ seeing him in front of himself. So as long as you know that someone is there, you can communicate with them. A request may be made, a question may be asked, and an answer may be given. So for example, in a nikah, question is asked, right? Do you agree to marry this person? And they say, Yes, there is ijab and qubul and so on and so forth. So that may take place when two people are, you know, one is in one continent and the other is in, in the other, as long as you know that it is that person. Right? So for example, you can see over Skype or whatever. So next time somebody asks you, you know what to say. But don't give this delay because it's kind of difficult to understand. But we see that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, bring me some stones and do not bring me bone or dung. So he especially forbade Bone and dung. Why? The bone is the food for the jinn and dung is just bad. You don't use it to clean yourself. Good reason. Bones are, like it was said, food for the jinn. And dung is the food for their beasts. The beasts of jinn. This shows the superiority of human beings above that the meat you eat and the bone that you leave, the jinn may eat that. And the dung that is the defecation of your animals is food for their beasts. And we also see that this dung of cows, of sheep, of camels, basically of an'am, the animals that we're allowed to eat, this dung in itself is actually tahir. In itself is clean. Their urine, their dung is clean, which is why people use it to even, as fuel, they use it to plaster their walls. It's used for various reasons. If it was impure, we would not be allowed to use it. Otherwise, the houses would be extremely filthy. 
especially when you would go to a village, which is what some people do. They go to a village like, no way, man, I can't touch this. There's no way I'm going there. It is clean. It is tahir. Can you eat bone? Can you use bone? Of course you can. You are allowed to take stock out of it. You're allowed to use it to, you know, to crush it or to take some whatever out of it to make medicines or whatever. You are allowed to do that. But whatever we leave, that is food for the jinn. It doesn't mean that save the bones, put them in a plate and in that empty room in your house so that the jinns can have a feast. No, that's not what the meaning is. The thing is that if you put filth on a bone, that's not fair. I mean, that bone could be food for someone, for one of the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the reason why the Prophet ﷺ forbade that don't bring me a bone because filth should not be put on the bone. It's not fair. I mean, somebody else could use it. And this shows that when wiping ourselves clean after using the toilet, we can use any material as long as it's not one of these two and it's not something that could be of use to others. So for example, toilet paper. Some people say, oh, how much paper are we wasting? But that has been made for this purpose. Okay? But if, let's say, you take some expensive, some really nice tissues that have been made for, you know, that have some cream on them, some lotion on them, some fragrance on them, so that when people have a cold, they're blowing their nose, their nose doesn't get bruised, right? The skin doesn't come off. So if you're using such lavish things for wiping yourself, yes, it's not haram, but it's not something that's a good idea. Because it could be used for a better purpose. So this hadith shows to us that we can wipe ourselves with any material. Water is ideal, but wiping ourselves, caked mud can be used, stones can be used, any material can be used as long as it is not food for others, it is not of use to others. So what he forbade was bone and dung. Now with regards to the bone, like it was mentioned earlier that it's food for the jinn, we learned that if uh, the name of Allah is mentioned when slaughtering the animal and when eating of that piece of meat, then when that bone is discarded and a jinn, let's say a Muslim jinn, he eats it, then he will find it full of nutrition for himself, full of meat for himself. Yes. I'm just thinking, how much is recycling is in nature? Find the bone and we just throw it in the garbage or something. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put everything, it's amazing. Yes. Nothing goes the to waste. The bone that we discard, we don't dirty it, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feeds it to the jinn. Yeah. So it's just recycled right there. Yeah. Otherwise, can you imagine how many bones there would be left in the world, so many animals dying, so many people dying. Yeah. Now, a person might say that, you know, this bone, I, I threw it in the garbage, and the garbage was there for a whole week, and the bone was still there. So, would jinn ate it? Or let's say a person says, okay, this bone was here for years and years and years. It's these many, let's say, hundreds of years old. Jinn did not eat it. So remember that this is a matter of ghaib. The bone may stay as it is. The dung may stay in the barn for years and years. Okay? But how do they eat it? What nutrition do they find on it? Allahu alam. This is a part of al-ghaib. The Messenger وسلم, he informed us, so we believe in it. The thing is that what is your property over which you have mentioned the name of Allah, the jinn, they are not allowed to take it. If they take it, it is theft on their part. So they will be sinful, they will be held accountable. And yes, they are capable of stealing human beings' belongings and using them and benefiting from them. But if they do take some of it, it would be wrong on their part. So 
let's say you have food in a bowl, in a plate, you have a drink in a cup, and you left it uncovered, let's say during the night, then should you eat from it? No, you should not. Why? Because from another hadith, we learned that during the night, I don't remember the exact wording, but during the night, some evil may descend, and it may have entered the container, the vessel. So you don't know. It may have. So any harm could have entered into it, could have contaminated the food. So it's best to avoid it. I remember once we had a, some drinks and um, there was a, a bottle of pop or something like that. And I believe it was left uncovered by mistake. And my sister, when she took it, there were ants in it. And uh, it was, I don't know if she actually drank from it or what, but my father had a good time laughing over there. And then he told us that, he taught us that hadith. When you leave something uncovered in the night, then there is uh, some evil that descends in the night and it could have contaminated, could have entered the food or the drink or the cup. So we don't eat of that. Okay? So be careful. Before you go to bed, just make sure you take a round of the kitchen because you don't want to throw food in the in the morning. Right. I was just saying that I think the hadith was um, like an instruction to cover your vessels of food yeah. because there is something that descends in the night and can enter. So I, said, I think it's just to cover the food and to put it away. Yeah. The bones and the dirt are separate? No. When we throw our kitchen garbage, for example, we don't have to make sure the bones are separate. No, we don't have to do that. Because the more a person shows humility to the jinn, the more they فَزَادُوهُمْ رَهَقًا We have not been told. I mean, you might say that, oh, I might as well, you know, there's no harm in being nice. Yes, there's no harm in being nice, but it can cause damage to you. Like I remember somebody mentioned to me that their house somewhere... There are some jinn for whom they prepare food. Yeah, and when they don't, uh, they get upset. And they will break their things and their windows or whatever. I mean, a lot of damage will be caused. So they have to keep preparing food for them. Otherwise, they will get upset. Now, this is something that's not right because this is like serving the jinn, the shayateen, and they're getting gaining power. فَزَادُوهُمْ رَهَقًا That he taught us, don't use the bone for this purpose. You want to throw it, throw it. But don't use it to put filth on it, to clean yourself. And also if you think about it, bone was food once upon a time. So have respect for it. Right? It was food once upon a time, so don't use it to wipe yourself clean. And why not dung? Because dung, like mentioned earlier, it's food for the beasts of the jinn. And yes, like I mentioned earlier, it is tahir, but it is filthy as well. So tahir in the sense that if it's on you, it will not make you in a position where you cannot pray, that you have to take a ghusl, that you have to perform wudu. No, it does not break your wudu, it does not make your clothes dirty, but it doesn't mean that you clean yourself with it. Because, I mean, it has come out of an animal, right? And it's not something that's clean. And you don't want to apply it on the private part because it could really cause disease or uh, an infection or something like that. So filth cannot clean filth. Bab لا يستنجى بروثن استنجاء should not be done with dung dried and caked dung it should not be used for cleaning oneself حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا زهير عن أبي إسحاق قال he said ليس أبو عبيدة ذكره ولكن عبد الرحمن بن الأسود عن أبيه أنه سمع عبد الله يقول he said أتى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الغائطة the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once came to the washroom. فَأَمَرَنِي Then he ordered me أَنْ آتِيَهُ بِثَلَاثَةِ أَحْجَارٍ Then he commanded me, he instructed me to bring three rocks, three stones. فَوَجَدْتُ حَدَرَيْنِ So I found two stones. 
and I searched for the third. Iltamasa to seek to try to find something. So I searched for a third, but falam ajidhu I could not find it. Faakhazdu so I took rosatan dung. Faataytuhu biha so I brought it to him. So I came to him with it. فَأَخَذَ الْحَجَرَيْنِ So he took the two rocks. وَأَلْقَ الرَّوْثَةَ And he threw away the dung. وَقَالَ And he said, هَذَا رِكْسِ This is unclean. Riks is something that is declined, something that is thrown away. So this is rejected. This is not clean. وَقَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ بْنُ يُوسُفُ عَنْ أَبِيهِ عَنْ أَبِي إِسْحَاقُ حَدَّثَنِي عَبْدُ الرَّحْمَانِ Now we see that the Prophet ﷺ all of these ahadiths that show that when he went to the washroom, there was somebody or the other either accompanying him, bringing his water or bringing the rocks or whatever for him. This shows us two benefits. One is that those younger companions, they learned the etiquettes, the rules, they passed it on. And secondly, it was also a chance for them to serve the Prophet wasallam. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته